One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 52 of the Scottish History Podcast and this week we're going to be following on from episode number 31 in a way. Uh, we're going to be returning back to Scotland or Alapa in the 9th century and working our way forward towards the first wars of Scottish independence. So at this time, the Picts, Scots, Britons and Angles have all been defending their lands from the Vikings. In amongst all of this, however, they've also been fighting against each other. By the time that we finish this episode, however, the whole country should be united under one name and one banner. In 843, Kenneth McAlpin becomes the King of the Picts as well as the King of Dalriada. It is believed that Kenneth McAlpin's mother was a Pictish princess and this gives him claim to rule the Pictish lands. Regardless of this though, Kenneth most likely attacked Pictavia because of the lands of Dalriada were infertile and mountainous. With the addition of the Viking control of the Hebrides, as well as the borders of Dalriada, he wanted to expand his kingdom. Now, unfortunately, no sources detail the conquest of Pictavia, but as usual, there is a story passed down which goes as follows. The story goes that Kenneth MacAlpin invited the last prince of the Picts, as well as all of his warriors, to a great feast. McAlpin and his men had, however, dug a long pit above the seats for the prince and his warriors, and at the end of the feast, a trap door was opened, and all of the guests fell into the pit which had been dug, where they were trapped and then killed. By 850, McAlpin controls all of the mainland of Scotland above the River Clyde, which is kind of modern-day Glasgow sort of area apart from, of course, the lands held by the Vikings. In that same year, a fleet of over 140 Viking ships attack Dalriada. McAlpin heads to Iona and has the bones of St Columba dug up and taken to Dunkeld, the fort of the Celts, which is part of his Pictish kingdom. 
It is believed that also around about this time, McAlpin also had the Stone of Destiny brought to Dunkeld briefly before it was moved permanently to Schoon. When the Vikings finally attack, something unexpected happens also. The Picts and the Scots of Dalriada join forces and fight alongside each other, united for the first time. By the time that Kenneth McAlpin dies in 858, Pictland and Pictish culture and language has all but ceased to exist. Kenneth McAlpin and the people of Dalriada spoke Gaelic and had their own traditions that the people of Pictland followed suit with. Over the next 41 years, between 859 and 900, six kings rule over this land. Donald I was murdered after four years. Constantine I lasted 14 years before being killed by Vikings. Aed lasted about a year before being killed by his rival cousin Girik. With Girik and joint king Owen, they were both quite possibly murdered after about an 11-year reign. Donald II, again he ruled for about 11 years, but he was killed by poisoning. Now between 900 and 943, the new king was Constantine II. It is he who gave his new land the title of Alapa. Possibly this means mountain land in Gaelic, but we're not entirely sure. Constantine, along with the kings who follow him, had had to face many challenges, such as keeping out the Vikings, keeping unity between Dalriada and Pictland, getting more land by fighting the Angles, battling against the Britons, reorganising the church. All this, as well as producing an heir to the throne and mainly trying to stay alive. He achieved most of this and after a reign of 43 years, which is a record for a king of Alapa, he retired as king and spent his remaining years as a monk. Now once again, the fate of the next seven kings isn't great. Malcolm I, Indulf, Du, Cullen, Kenneth II, Constantine III and Kenneth III all die horribly over the course of 62 years from 943 to 1005. Three of these kings are murdered and the other four are killed whilst fighting. Now Malcolm II ruled from 1005 to 1034 during which time he defeats a Viking army at Mortlach in Bampshire in 1010. He has a church built of which the skulls of the dead Vikings were used to build the walls. In 1018, Malcolm and King Owen the Bald of Strathclyde invade and capture Northumbria, making Alapa even bigger. But in 1030, Thorfinn the Mighty, the Earl of Orkney, wins control of the whole of the north of Scotland. In 1034, Malcolm II dies at Glam's Castle. Now we know it was a bloody death, but we do not know if it was an accident or if it was murder. It is said, however, that his blood bubbles up through the floor of the Great Hall at Glam's Castle to this day. The crown then passes to Duncan, the grandson of Malcolm II. But he lasts just six years until he, like many others, is killed. Now he's the one that's killed by Macbeth. Now Macbeth we covered in episode number seven of this podcast. 
as well as some others that are going to be mentioned uh, and some other time periods. So I'm going to just be skimming completely over these or even just ignoring them completely because I've already covered those particular parts. So that would be Macbeth, um, St. Margaret, etc. People that we've already covered. I'm not going to really dwell on them uh, for the rest of this episode. In 1057, Macbeth himself is killed at Lumfinan by Malcolm Bighead Canmore. Malcolm's stepson, the next in line, is also conveniently murdered, and Malcolm himself then becomes Malcolm III of Scots. In 1066, Vikings from Norway attack Yorkshire in England. These Vikings are, however, defeated in battle by an army from Scotland and England, fighting together side by side. Now that same year, of course, the Normans invade England and William the Bastard, also known as William the Conqueror, conquers England. In 1072, the Normans invade Scotland and force Malcolm into accepting William as his overlord. This would then give future English kings a claim to the rule of Alapa. Upon Malcolm's passing in 1093, his six sons all want the throne for themselves. War breaks out between them, and by 1124, Alapa is totally divided. But one of Malcolm's sons, David, has been hiding in England, and luckily for him, he's now the only surviving son of Malcolm III, and he now becomes king. With him, he brings English and Norman knights to help control Alapa. By this point, there are seven different languages being spoken in the country of Scotland. Gaelic is being spoken in the north, Norse is being spoken by the Vikings, Latin is spoken by priests and monks, English is spoken in the south of Scotland, Norman French is spoken by the Normans, a new language which is just starting up is Scots, um, and it's just starting to develop, although it's quite similar to English, it is taking on words from Pictish and British and things like that, um, so it's still developing and it's still around to this day. And finally, another language being spoken a lot is Dutch. Dutch is being spoken by the traders. This is due to the amount of trade that was being done at the time with the Netherlands. Now, David also orders the minting of the first Scottish coins in 1136. Until now, Scottish traders were only using Roman, English or Scandinavian money. Upon David's death, his son becomes Malcolm IV, who reigned for a reasonably uneventful 12 years, before dying at the age of just 24. Now, he was succeeded by William the Lion, or William I, in 1165. During his reign, William invaded England, but was captured and imprisoned under the English king Richard I, or Richard the Lionheart. You might recognise these names from the episode about William Wallace and Robin Hood. Scotland fell temporarily into English hands until William bought his and Scotland's freedom from Richard as Richard had wanted to go on crusade, so he needed the money. So William paid him the money. Now when William died in 1214, he was buried at Arbroath Abbey and was succeeded by his son Alexander, who became Alexander II. And this leads us back, all the way back, to episode number one of this podcast, The First War of Scottish Independence.
Now, of course, I'm not going to be talking again about the first war of Scottish independence. We'll dip into it here and there um, as the podcast kind of progresses, but it's not something that we're going to have to talk about all over again. Um, so I just wanted to really cover that period. So I, I think I mentioned this when we went to the Back to Basics episodes. I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning. What we're going to be doing is we're going to obviously jump forward um, through history and kind of get a, a, a rough timeline. And then we'll start going into deeper things like uh, more battles and kings and things like that. But I want to kind of keep this Back to Basics series thing kind of going here. So, folks, uh, once again, that's going to be it for this particular week. Um, Hit me up on the website. If uh, you want to find the links to anything, just go to www.scotthistorypod.com. So that's scotthistorypod.com. And on there, you'll find the links to everything that you need, to the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, etc. If you want to hit me up via email, you can do so via scotthistorypod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to support the podcast in any way, which is greatly appreciated, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Scott History Pod. I do thank you all for your support. I thank you again for listening, folks. It's been, uh, what a ride. It's been 52 episodes. I can't believe it. But we are here and we're still going. So once again, folks, thank you very much. And I will hopefully speak to you again next week. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,